Live from the DenverSports.com zone across from Training Camp 2023. Thanks to Con Construction and Ting Internet. Reacting to today's practice, the Players Club. Powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning. All electric and built Ford Tough. You have been granted VIP admittance to the Players Club. Bassmith and Chad Brown, Nate and Orlando are off today. Actually, we'll check in with Orlando here coming up in just a little bit for a live practice report. Training Camp 2023 is on the air thanks to Ting Internet. If you live in Centennial, make Ting your Lightspeed Internet provider for as low as $89 a month. Go to ting.com slash centennial for more information. Um, before we, uh, well, we do. We got them right now. So on the Johnson Auto Plaza hotline, our senior Denver Broncos writer at denversports.com, Andrew Mason, joins us now. Good morning, Mace. How you doing today? All right. How you doing? Oh, we're good. You know, it's that last day of camp jitters, just making sure you get that kiss that you've been waiting for all summer before you head home for the for the fall and when school starts back up. You know how it goes. Huh. I mean, it's it's not really like the last day of camp, like in terms of for the the players, though, right? Like, right. Yeah, you know, of course. The, the, yeah, the camp so staff it's, it's, still so, sticks around to clean yeah. things up from the end of the end of the summer party around the lake. You got to clean up the boxes of s'mores, base. Oh yeah, that's and that's what we're gonna do next week. And I mean, I, I, although I will say this, like it bums me out that the joint practices, uh, practice or practices with the Rams next week, they're happening that week after it's gone to where it's just basically like they, they do like spawn basically a sponsor days, right? Right. Where they let uh, corp, you know, teams, corporate partners bring people over to watch practice. And it, if it were up to me, if I were planning it. I would have worked some of those days in training camp proper of the last uh, of the last three weeks, and I would have extended the you know the three thousand tickets per per practice to those joint practices next week because that's those are, are going to be I'd say probably the most important days of this entire process. Mace, uh, if you put on your Sean Payton hat and. You know, camp's kind of breaking, but kind of not breaking. So we're at this kind of weird phase right now. What else is on Sean Payton's checklist that he wants to make progress on before uh, the preseason is over? I mean, it's sort of obvious, but I think you want to. I think you want to settle a lot of things at the back of the roster, right? You want to separate, you know, cornerback five, cornerback five from cornerback six. You want to figure out the right balance between having players uh, that maybe are among your top five or six wide receivers, but maybe those bottom guys uh, are being determined by special teams. And how do you kind of, how do you thread that needle? Like, I mean, you know, where does a guy like Lil Jordan Humphrey fit, for example? I mean, he's a really good special teamer, but uh, is he one of your top five, six receivers? You could probably argue, you could maybe argue that's not the case. So I think that's very much in play. And, uh, and we'll and and that's going to manifest itself a lot in the two preseason games as well. And as as Sean Payton himself said earlier this week, slightly more importance on the uh, preseason games in terms of the evaluation than um than uh, than, than the, the work in training camp and the practice. Mace, yesterday people were raving about what they saw from Russell Wilson and this offense. Will you give us some insight into what yesterday's practice uh, provided us? I mean, just the offense in general, I would say even not just Russell Wilson. There was a period uh, where you went one, two, three through the depth chart. There were 12 plays. Ten of them were passes. None of the passes hit the ground. 
Um, I think the thing that also jumps out about Russell Wilson specifically is he's starting to uh, he's starting to get some of the timing stuff down. The, the quick the, the quick rhythm passes that are absolutely essential to hit in the Sean Payton offense. You know the slants and things like that. We're seeing more and more of those as camp goes on, and that's going to be exceptionally helpful because if you're making those work, then you are largely removing pressure as an issue because the pressure would have to get there so fast and your O-line could probably hold them off just enough uh, to allow him to, to get the ball, to get the ball off and keep the offense on schedule. So I think that's probably the really encouraging thing, especially for where this team's strengths and deficiencies appear to be lining up because right now it appears that uh, pass protection uh, looks like it's going to be one of the weak spots on this roster. Uh, Mace, there seems to be a bit of a tradition around here with the Broncos wherever you're an undrafted free agent makes the final roster. I know we're a bit of ways uh, away from that, but if you had to put your money behind one undrafted guy at this point, who would that be? Nate Adkins. The, uh, right now he's the number four tight end. He's also a potential fill-in fullback. He's starting to get more run on special teams. You know, for, for what the unofficial depth chart is worth, he's ahead of Albert Okwebenam. He's starting to make a few more plays in the passing game. He's kind of making himself you know, as, as one of those indispensable players who, you know, just you know, kind of a jack of all trades. Um, you know, it can be a fullback, be an H-back, be a tight end, could have a core role on special teams. Um, I'd say I'd say him, but I certainly I certainly wouldn't close the door on Jaleel McLaughlin. That's going to depend on how much work he gets in the next couple of games. If he gets more work on Saturday, which is possible with Tyler Beatty missing practice yesterday, um, if he gets more work on Saturday and runs the way he did against the Cardinals, he may put himself into a position where the Broncos can't sneak in through the practice squad and have to keep him on the fifty-three. Uh, real quick before I hand you back over to Matt Mace, uh, what's the status on P.J. Locke? He exited the field yesterday on a cart. Yeah, our, yeah a couple of days ago, uh, you know, they, they don't expect him out for long, um, as I've gathered. But, um, yeah, it's, yeah I, I'd, be, I'd be shocked if he's ready to go by Saturday. But it, the, the, the general thought is it wasn't as serious as feared. Mace, the one thing I was I wanted to ask you, and kind of on, on the on the heels of what Chad just said about injuries, I don't know if we've gotten a clear report about what's going on with Mike Purcell. Do you know, and have we gotten an update? I mean, there's there's basically been no no update since uh, since going on uh, going on NFI with an injury that happened uh, uh, not not at the facility, uh, not in the uh, team organized training process, getting ready for the season. Um, but we see him working out every day. I think the thing is now with with someone like Purcell, if you see enough that you like in Tyler Lancaster, who's getting some nose t- got some nose tackle snaps this week with uh, DJ Jones coming back from the concussion, if you see enough you like in Lancaster, then you can use the Mike Purcell NFI status to your advantage, keep him there, and then you would have a window starting after the fourth game. To activate him, and at that point, usually you've got some kind of injury striking, some you know, some roster spot opening up, and then you bring you, you bring him back in to, to supplement things. 
it may be that they may be handling Baron Browning's on the pup list in much the same way. Take a conservative approach. And yeah, you're right off the first four weeks, but then you might have a fresh guy ready to go there in October. That's what I was just about to ask you is about Baron Browning. Where is he at in his process right now? Because heading into training camp, and, and at least maybe before they signed Frank Clark, Baron Browning was one of the projected starters at Edge. He was, but at the same time, they knew going in that this was going to be something that almost certainly stretched into the regular season in terms of getting him back. So um, I think they're, they're, they're playing the long game with him to be cautious. But again, when you see what Jonathan Cooper and Nick Benito are doing out there uh, in reserve of Frank Clark and Randy Gregory, I think they're showing that you can be patient with Browning and keep him fresh and have him ready to go in October. Mace, uh, the one the one thing I was going to say about Browning is is when you look at what he profiles to be for this team, it, it would make sense that maybe as opposed to where you're talking about the Mike Purcell situation and Tyler Lancaster maybe taking some of that 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 uh, reps from him, Browning's a guy that figures the factor right back into the equation when he does get healthy, right? You'd think. I mean, now that being said, when you watch the way Jonathan Cooper has come along, um. Coop's kind of uh, starting to handle that, that role that maybe would have gone uh, to, to Baron Browning. So if everybody's healthy, you wonder what it's going to look like. But everybody being healthy in that room, I think, is probably something of a stretch uh, with Frank Clark getting, uh, you know, uh, getting on in his career and Randy Gregory having an injury, having a history of, generally speaking, an injury happening every year that he's playing. Thanks, Mace. We really appreciate it, buddy. That is our senior Broncos writer, Andrew Mason, at denversports.com. And, of course, we are live here across the street from Training Camp and Centura Training Center. Thanks to our friends at Con Construction, a commercial general contractor specializing in tenant improvement and design-build projects for over three decades. That's Con K-A-H-N-Construction.com. Matt Smith, Chad Brown, and it's the Players Club. We roll on next. Live from the DenverSports.com zone across from Training Camp 2023. Thanks to Con Construction and Ting Internet. Reacting to today's practice, the Players Club. Powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning. All electric and built Ford Tough. Matt Smith and Chad Brown live from Broncos training camp. But on a bit of a somber note, it has been heartbreaking to watch the news coming out of Maui this week. And unfortunately, here in Colorado, we are all too familiar with the dangers and the damages of wildfires. Our company, Bonneville, in an effort to help, has launched a fundraiser to help the people of Maui. Head to denversports.com, and at the top of the page, you're going to see a link. It's the Bonneville Maui Strong Fire Relief Fund. 100% of those donations go to the Hawaii Community Foundation. They serve Maui. Again, that's the Bonneville Maui Strong Fire Relief Fund at denversports.com. Chad, it, it seems to me, after watching things unfold here the first couple of weeks, that there's a cautionary tale that exists that if one former, if one current Bronco was smart, he'd be paying attention to, and it might help him uh, extend his tenure here in Denver and maybe even his career. Take a guess. I, I don't know. I'm say, I, we, You brought this up a little bit during the break, and I'm so curious what your angle is on this. I'm talking about Greg Dulcich. 
Okay. And Greg Dulcich, because this second is second year player. Second Greg year, second okay. year player, Greg Dulcich uh-huh. coming out of UCLA, the tight end. Right. If you need a need a refresher, no, he was drafted just, in the third round last. Uh, I'm just trying to get some context to more the where you're coming at. Right. Yes. Right. And so it strikes me as Dulcich has found himself in a bit of a pickle here. The second training camp of his Broncos tenure okay. being that he may be in the same exact position that Albert Okwebunam is in, but just a few years earlier, right? Mm. And so when I look at Albert O, he's sitting at the very bottom of the tight end depth chart on the fringe of this roster, just really waiting for the chopping block, if we're being honest and, mm-hmm. and speaking real here. If Greg Dulcich doesn't figure some of these things out, he may be next. Do you think that Greg Dulcich can avoid some of that by maybe looking at Albert Okwebenam as a cautionary tale? You certainly want to, as a player, look at and and understand why guys get cut and be able to look at their situation and connect it to yours. Um, So part of Albert O's lack of progress on the depth chart is because he's not a willing blocker. He had perhaps his best block as a Bronco yesterday. Mm. He caught an unsuspecting Marcus Haynes, third-string outside linebacker, caught him slipping, and he flat-backed him. Okay. Given the opportunity to run that play again, I don't think Marcus Haynes would have handled it the same way. He would handle it a lot differently, and he would have been far better prepared. But Alberto showed enough physicality that it got the crowd going. It got his teammates both offensively and defensively to go, ooh, because it was a ooh hit. Now, again, he caught somebody slipping who didn't mm-hmm. see him coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a little bit of context to that. Um, but at the same time, it's so rare for Alberto to have a play like that, it was noticeable. Right. If it was Manhurts, well, that's what Manhurts does. Versus Alberto, that's not what he does. So to go to your Greg Dulcich example, I think Greg Dulcich is a far more willing blocker than Alberto. But don't you have to be effective? As the a willing and effectiveness, they're they're two. They're not mutually exclusive. They are not. But the willingness lets me think. Okay, we can make some progress here as okay. a coach. The fact that you're willing to put your nose in there, you're willing to put your face on somebody. Okay, given enough time, given enough reps, I can develop something there. Sure. Uh, you know, Nate Jackson moves from receiver to tight end. It wasn't his favorite thing, but he recognized he had to be willing first in order to allow the skill set to come. Alberto so far has been unwilling to do this. So it's very easy to put him at fifth on the depth chart, even if that was a motivational ploy. Hey, man, you're not showing you are willing. You're not, you're, you're not invested enough to do this. You think you can be the next coming of Julius Thomas. Well, that was a perfect connection and a perfect team because uh, Peyton Manning was here. Mm. Russell Wilson doesn't operate that same way. We don't need a tight end like that. We need a tight end who can actually block to allow Russell Wilson to be more successful and not be a tell to the defense. So it's a different situation. Alberto may be a better fit for some other team somewhere else around the league, but for what Sean Payton wants, you can't walk on the field and be an instant tell to the defense. But, and at this point, that's where Alberto is. But but wait, this is the exact same position that Alberto was in last year with Nathaniel Hackett. So even though it's not Sean Payton, it's it was Nathaniel Hackett. It was still the same thing. You right. still got to be able to hold up. If I went over to Alberto right now at practice, pulled him aside and said, "Look, Albert, you know things aren't going well for you. 
Would you consider yourself a willing blocker? What would you think Albert's response to that would be? Oh, he would say he is. Right. But the the tape is clear. The tape is clear. The tape shows. So there's a reason why he was on the roster last year, because there is a athletic skill set. There is a size-speed ratio mm. that very few, few other human beings possess. To be that tall, to be able to run that fast and be a threat down the middle of the field, it's a, it's, it's, it's a great thing. Unfortunately for him, there are other pieces to that position that come with that. The chances of Alberto making a 40-yard play are higher than they are for Adam Troutman. Okay, I would agree with you there. Now, But that 40-yard play is a low-percentage play versus the consistency that Adam Troutman offers in the run and pass game, play in and play out. Sure, I, I definitely see your point. There, there's no doubt. But I just wonder if you can turn a guy who's not an effective blocker into one. And where is that line in the sand? Because to me, if you make it to the NFL level, I mean, yeah, you, you can make a jump, but how big of a jump is it really? If you're not a willing blocker, to use your words, at, at the NFL level, can you really make that jump? Uh, make the jump in, from a non-willing to a willing blocker? And or, or an ineffective to an effective one. Okay, so let's go to Greg Dulcich. Sure. So Greg Dulcich has shown he's willing. Um, you know, there, there is a... Uh, a certain open mindset to this, um, and he has improved from last year to this year. So, if you're as a coach, you're able to look at that for a guy who was a walk-on going into UCLA, who showed up last year um, and when he was blocking, looked like he had baby deer legs, like he didn't know what they were supposed to do. You know, there's no power behind it, no base behind it. So he was so far behind, you knew it was going to take a while before he was able to pull all that off. But he's far better this year than he was last year. So uh, I can see a track of progression that makes me confident that he'll never be a true road grader. He'll be a guy where he can be efficient enough on the field where he's not going to be an instant tell to the defense every time. That's the that's the battle he's going to have to fight here, Chad. If he wants to, if he wants to be a real factor in this offense moving yes. forward, because it isn't last year. You, you don't have the benefit of the doubt of being a rookie. And hey, look, maybe you can get better. Now it's a new coach. They're not the ones who brought you in, and you have to prove that you can assimilate into their system, right? So I I, I do wonder what the future prospects, especially for this season, look like for Greg Dulcich. Easy. If you're Greg Dulcich, take a look at the back of the roster, Albert O, and how, how it's going for him. Look at the front of that position room. Adam Chapman, how it's going for him. Mm. Which guy do I model myself after? It ain't very hard to figure out. Right. The guy who's in the number one spot, the guy who's got the most complete skill set. He's not the most explosive. He's not the flashiest. He's not the most difficult to defend. But he gives the coach the most options down in and down out. What have you seen out of Dulcich this preseason? I've seen a guy who's got speed to run past linebackers and safeties. I've seen him make, do some crossing routes that are going to be very difficult for those guys to be able to cover during the season. So if he can continue with that while working on his blocking game, then he can be a weapon in this offense. We are live here from Training Camp 2023 in the DenverSports.com zone. Thanks to our friends from Cod Construction, a commercial general contractor specializing in tenant improvement and design-build projects for over three decades. That's Con K-A-H-N, Construction.com. It's the morning mixtape. We're spinning the ones and twos with DJ Doc Simmer. That's next. The Players Club welcomes you into the morning mixtape with a look at the biggest stories in Denver sports. Here's Orlando, Chad, and Nate. Matt Smith in with Chad Brown today. First track on the mixtape yesterday, it was announced that Jamal Murray is going to skip 
playing for Team Canada at the FIBA World Championships, Chad. And this was a topic of conversation because fresh off of a very, very long NBA season that culminated in a championship, considering Jamal's injury history that we even saw pop up at times last year, there was some concern about maybe overdoing it. How do you feel about Jamal pulling out for Team Canada? I think he's recognizing where his bread is buttered. It's with his NBA contract. It's with this Denver Nuggets team and the opportunity to take advantage of this championship window. And when you play in the championship, you're literally playing an extra two-plus months of basketball. Um, and I don't think that can be lost on anybody. So when these guys are asked to play for their national teams or whatever the case may be, you've got to weigh that out. It's certainly a, a tremendous honor to be asked to play for your team. Um, but, you know, when you are in this window that I see the Nuggets being, I think obviously Jamal Murray recognizes that. Yeah, save yourself, rest up, take advantage of this window. There'll be other opportunities for you to play for Canada. Yeah, and look, I'm always in favor of guys playing for their home countries because that's a rare honor that, you know, if, if were offered to me, I would feel like I would be obligated, right, if I were in that position to at least give it a shot. And Jamal going to camp and at least participating with those guys, getting the practice reps in, I actually think that he got all that he really needed to out of that experience because if not for that, he'd be doing open runs and summer runs, but at least doing that, you have a little bit more structure. You're playing yep. with NBA guys, right? The competition is a little higher, but also it's a little bit more focused rather than maybe just a pickup run where you're just messing around a little bit more than you would in a setting like this. So as far as getting you know, all the juice out of that orange, I think he got everything he needed to. And if this were the Olympics, Chad, maybe that would be a different story, right? I don't know if he'd dip out of that. Maybe, maybe. But again, you know, I think it's important for you to recognize where the bread is buttered, man, where it's coming from. And it's coming from the Denver Nuggets. It's coming from the NBA. That's where your first allegiance and obligation should be held. On to the next. There are a consensus top five players that are favorites to win the NFL MVP in 2023. I cross-reference every sports book I could find. Okay. There are five guys, and a couple of them uh, across different books are in different orders. But here is the list. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and Justin Herbert, the usual suspects. Does the MVP winner come from that five, or does it come from the field? Mm. Again, that five. Patrick that five. Mahomes. That five. Joe Burrow. Yep. Josh Allen. Jalen Hurts and Justin Herbert. As soon as I saw this on the rundown, those are the five names that I immediately thought of. Um, you could go with a Justin Jefferson in Minnesota, you know, as a dark horse, something like that. But, yeah, I think at this point the NFL, the NFL viewing public is so quarterback-centric. Um, and those particular teams are going to be the best teams. Therefore, the quarterbacks are going to look the best. It's hard to bet against that. Right. Uh, there could be, yes, it's possible it could be somebody else. But it's more than likely it's going to be one of those top five guys. I didn't see Russell Wilson's name in there. Uh, this is true. Okay. You, you typically got to have a pretty deep playoff run to be an MVP. Did I miss one? Or? No, you're good. Okay. You're so good. That, was, that was correct then. You are correct. To admit him. Yes. All right. Well, if I had to give you a choice out of those five, Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Hurts, or Herbert, who is the MVP in 2023? Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, even though he may miss the first beginning of the season? Yep. Okay. They'll send those refunds. <laughs> okay. Okay, Chad. Just like the Cincinnati mayor, I keep receipts. There is an arc that has to happen to be an MVP. 
Right. And if you peak too early, mm-hmm. then someone else can steal it from you late. So if okay. Joe Burrow happens to miss games early, which seems like it may be the case, that slow start, it just allows him to peak at the right time when the MVP vote uh, is at its highest level and the conversation's at its highest level. Are you curious to know who I'd pick? Give it to me. Who you got? Justin Herbert. <laughs> One of these years, it's going to happen, Jeff. <laughs> Up yeah. next. All right. I love athlete clapbacks at the media when you're standing around in a huddle or up at a press conference and maybe you get asked a stupid question or maybe a question that you've heard a bunch of different times by media members as a professional athlete. Well, sometimes you got to put them in their place, and that's what Tua Tungavailoa did yesterday in Miami. Give you guys a play, and then if you guys want to repeat it after me, as if you guys were in the huddle, you guys can. All right. Should I go once or twice saying it? Once. Once? All right, we got North right, Clamp, South Fox, H-Top, Pass 38, Top, Gumby, XP, Sweat. Let's go. Anyone? I got it. I got it. Sounds like a false start. (laughs) Yeah, sounds sounds like a pre-snap penalty to me. Oh, my gosh. Did you ever envision a moment where you got asked a question by a reporter who maybe you didn't love or maybe you'd been getting under your skin or maybe somebody who just asked you a stupid question and you wanted to say, hey, could you do my job? Better than me? <laughs> uh, I think every player who's played long enough um, and you know has enough prominence on the team to have a, a major media role, there's a lot of dumb questions that are going to come your way. There's going to be an entitled writer or reporter mm. who you know clearly has an angle or an axe to grind. Yeah, so you want to show them up sometimes. I, I thought Tua handled that really well. I have no idea what the context of that was, but it's a perfect uh, soundbite to explain how difficult my job is versus your job and how you can't do my job as much as you think you know you do not know and until you're inside these walls until you're inside these stripes on the field you're hey man i'm not disrespecting you but you are a writer and i am a football player and within that there's a market difference in our jobs and while you think you know and you understand what I do out here, clearly you do not. And as one example, let me give you one play call to see what you can do. And how, can you how, how did you do with that? With that play call? Yeah. Give it to us again, Johnny. If you got it, sitting there. Cause, All right, cause we I'm got curious. North right, Clamp, South Fox, H-Top, Pass 38, Top Gumby, XP, Sweat. Let's go. North right, uh, South Fox, H. Clamp, something, something, 38. Yes. What? What? What did you say, quarterback? There's a lot going on. Those quarterback calls are are wordy in detail. That's why those guys have to have wristbands. Um, And there's literally a word. Every one of those words means something. They apply to the personnel on the field, the position of those personnel, the protection of the offensive line, the pass routes that all those guys are running. So that's why they're as wordy as they are. And the old days of, you know, walking into a huddle and saying purple, purple, it's gone. Why? Why? Why is it gone? It's gone outside of two-minute situations. So once, okay. if we, if a play gets designated to be a part of a two-minute drill, either offensively or defensively, then we come up with a one-word call for that. But that's ten plays. It's not the entire playbook. And so situations like that where you need to be able to be efficient, we do that. But, you know, outside of those circumstances, yeah, it's that massive play call. This is why Russell Wilson does not have time in the huddle to be giving out encouraging words to people in the huddle. Get the call in, man, so we get the line of scrimmage. You get this thing started before the play clock expires. 
do not pass out encouragement and list everybody out. Hey, Ballsy, I need you to do this. And hey, Benny, I need... No, no. We gotta go, we man. We gotta go, man. Yeah, Absolutely. we gotta go. Russ, right. five, four, right. three, two, two, come on! Right, yeah. <laughs> hey, we got a few more things to get to in the morning mixtape, but they're just juicy enough. I kind of want to save them. Is that all right with you? I'm good with that. Let's roll it over. Let's save them. But first, I got to tell you that our broadcast from Training Camp 2023 is powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning. All electric and built Ford tough. Matt Smith and Chad Brown live from the DenverSports.com zone. We're going to save those little juicy nuggets for the other side. And when we do, you're not going to want to miss it. DenverSports.com zone across from Training Camp 2023. Thanks to Con Construction and Ting Internet. Reacting to today's practice, the Players Club, powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning, all electric and built for tough. Matt Smith and Chad Brown live at the DenverSports.com zone across the street from Centura Training Center. Chad, you were out of practice yesterday, and you gave us a little bit of your intel report uh, earlier in the show, and we'll swing back around to some more of your takeaways but i heard there was a bit of a kerfuffle a little scuffle yesterday maybe a tiff you yeah might even say. matt hennison got his helmet ripped off i didn't quite see who was the defender who did that same play there was a linebacker either tight end or linebacker fullback scuffle going at the same time but the hennison uh scuffle went on for so long the other two guys stopped fighting to watch the other guys fight um but yes when a guy pops up without his helmet on and someone else is holding in their hand like a trophy of war you know uh that's called the chad brown isn't it uh, like that's how it's commonly referred to around the league (laughs) when you when you rip some dude's helmet off and you're holding it like ready to i have uh i have ripped helmets off before i've not used helmets as a weapon right you just rip them off now aaron donald is a ferocious human being right but last year at Rams camp, I remember he ripped helmets off and then was swinging them. Right. Yes. Right. That's the double chat. I right. would not want to get hit by Aaron Donald. Period. Okay. But particularly not by a Aaron Donald swung helmet. Well, I just wanted to make sure I had my information clear because I know it's one of those things that you are known for. So I feel like I kind of you know <laughs> bow to the master, got to pay homage here. So um, there was not only a scuffle up here in the valley yesterday. Right. There was a scuffle down in Boulder yesterday too. Mm-hmm. Some tempers flared at practice, and Dion made headlines everywhere. Actually, it was two days ago, not yesterday. Dion made headlines everywhere, and it sounded a little bit like this on the field. I seen two of y'all walking off over there, and you got a key teammate fighting. What do they do down there? No one. No one. What do they do down there? Not here. In one fight, we all fight. You understand that? I don't want to see y'all walking off with somebody's fight. Yes, sir. Never again. Where they do that at, Chad? Uh, where they do that is just a awesome, awesome phrase. Uh, I, I wrote it out phonetically yesterday. Oh, during, did you? During the show with DMAC. Oh, you had to explain it to him, I'm sure. No, no. He he, he understood oh, exactly okay. where Prime was coming from. <laughs> and I'm not trying to make fun of Prime's English. It's just a no, that's perfect a phrase. phrase for yeah. football. Where they do that at? Yes. Yeah. What, what awful program have you been around where your teammate is fighting and you turn and walk away from that? Where do they do that at? Right. It ain't going to be here, Not my man. here. Not here. Not up in here. And what's funny to me is I know you mentioned the other day that Prime said he doesn't care about culture. Right. And I gave you a little pushback. I was like, yeah, he's just kind of saying some of that stuff. Did, did, did your opinion change at all? Is that something that would change an opinion of how you build team culture? That is what you need from a football team perspective. And I know it seems weird. We can't even get there. We can't even get there. We're condoning fighting. You know, Uh we're we're, we're all for it. 
You know, isn't that going to be a penalty during the game? No, it, it's about the brotherhood. So as much as Coach Prime says, I, I don't even understand the whole culture conversation. What are you guys talking about? Right. Clearly, it's important because he does not want to be a part of a program where they do that, where you turn your back on your teammate, your brother fighting. Even if he's wrong, he needs your support in this moment. Mm-hmm. We're all in this together. One fights, we all fight. I'm mad you got me roped into this, man. And that's some bull crap that you right, pulled. Right. But you're wearing the same color jersey as me, yeah. so I got your back, brother. Have, have you ever had to be in those moments where you knew there was no justification for you actually jumping in other than you had to have somebody's back? Oh, I, you know, we had very physical practices out sure. in Pittsburgh. Sure. Uh, Bill Coward reveled in that. And, in fact, uh, during on Wednesday night during training camp, we would have a night practice at Latrobe High School. We mm. would get on yellow school buses okay. and leave St. Vincent's College, where the Steelers had practice, and go to Latrobe High School so we could practice under the lights. And the little co- uh, high school stands would be full of Steeler fans, and we would have these absolute bloodbaths of practices. Uh, <laughs> and it would be goal line and short yardage, and me and LaVon Kirkland trying to stop Jerome Bettis, and it was just physical and awful, body-destroying, tissue-damaging practices. Um, so those practices would come with fights. Mm-hmm. And, okay, well, you're mad because this guy beat you, so then you swing back, then you guys start fighting. And I'm like, man, I got nine on seven coming That's up right. next I'm third. So tired. Now I got to <laughs> jump in and defend you, man. That's right. Don't you know what, it's, what I got next? That's right. So, yeah, there's been many times where I have my teammate, my brotherhood, force me to join a fight that I would have much rather not had joined. Do you feel like that carries over to off-the-field situations as well? It does. Okay. It does. It does. And, you know, it, it's it's uh, not necessarily you don't want to, you know, go into a frat house and beat up everybody in the frat house. That's not what we're looking for. But you need your brothers to stick together. Right. And maybe off the field, it's let me pull you away from a fight. That's how I got your back off mm. the field. And on the field, yes, we'll all jump in and fight together. Yeah, yeah. Again, I, I had no problem with the way that Coach Prime handled it. There was a little pearl clutching nationally, though, because it's a little bit more unfiltered of commentary than maybe you're going to hear put out by right. any other football team. So last night I'm on ESPN.com checking the homepage. Bam. Dion, you know, angry Dion tells Buffs everybody's fighting. And I'm just laughing, Chad, because yet another headline makes the homepage of right. ESPN.com. They have been more of a national talking point than I think they've been over the last 23 years combined, being honest with you, this summer for for very little other than the fact that Coach Prime is there and it's now a movie up at CU. I mean, they've been, they're on there like once, in a, once a week, Chad. It's crazy. I cannot travel anywhere in the country um, without somebody asking me about Coach Prime and the Buffs. Right. Anywhere. <laughs> Usually in Colorado, I bump into a CU alumni and sure. line at the grocery store. They'll ask me every year, well, how are our Buffs going to do? Right. You know, and, and, he, and it's he, always, well, we'll see. And then, you, you know, <laughs> you fist bump them and you say, right. go Buffs, and you right. move along your way. But now I'm and in the airport. Know what you're in for. I'm at a reptile show. I'm back home in California. The lizards are even asking you no about Coach where Prime? I'm at, people want to know wow. about what's happening up in Boulder with Coach Prime. Wow, it's even made it to the lizard community. Yes. Fascinating. Yes. Uh, that wasn't the only thing going on at practice this week. Yesterday, we or, or not yesterday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, geez. Somebody get me a calendar. Tuesday, you and I were talking about the fact that Terrell Owens showed up to practice on Monday and would be there the entire week. Mm-hmm. And Chad Brown was down on T.O. Very, very down on T.O. Did not like that T.O. was around. Felt like it was a very selfish stunt 
of Terrell Owens, but T.O. himself You're went out and addressed. A lot of am I? Am I? Am I? Well, yes. let's see what T.O. had to say in response to Chad Brown. Beautiful Boulder, Colorado. I'm show y'all these mountains in the background. Look at that. Yeah, right here. Got to help these guys get right a little bit. Teach these receivers a little something, something. You know, just kind of, you know, see what they need to do. You know, in and out of their routes, transitions, all that good stuff. You know, if they got some questions, I'm going to ask them. I'm going to answer them. But uh, just to come to see what Prime is doing up here in Boulder, Colorado. What a selfish guy. What a jerk, Chad. What a jerk. Okay. My goodness, the nerve. Was that part of an interview? That was just him on oh, Instagram. The, oh, so, oh, oh, so that was T.O. with a phone in front of his face interviewing himself. That oh. was what it was. So it well, is exactly what know, I was talking about. Was, but he had to clear it up because you accused no, him of no. being such a selfish person. He did not have to let people know. So it speaks to exactly what I was saying. T.O. is there for T.O.'s purposes. Man. Coach Prime didn't sound like that. Coach Prime didn't pick up his phone and say, who can I get in to work with my young receivers? Let me call T.O. and see what he can do. I got video of that. No, you got T.O. talking into a phone, talking about but himself. But I got video of Coach Prime inviting him to practice. Okay. I got video. I'm just saying. like, like Inviting him to practice. Yeah, oh. inviting him to practice. Okay. FaceTiming with Travis Hunter, saying, I want you to come down here and work, on the, work with these receivers. Okay. So you think... Do you, do you, I know we were talking, and we're obviously messing around just gets a little to, bit. Gets to fly in for a, a couple of days and, <laughs> and be the hero. The hero. Man. The hero, he's just being a helper. Meanwhile, but it's also like he's got a gold jacket. That thing's shiny. I happen to notice it when you walk in. It's my. I had to cover my eyes for a second. Okay. <laughs> uh, there's a wide receiver coach up there in Boulder who's putting in 18 hours a day. Brett Bartolone. There yep. we go. That guy deserves to shine because he's working and grinding every day. He's not showing up for a couple of days and teach these guys what I got. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, Chad. Well, I want you up there with the linebackers. I want you posting on Instagram. Chad Brown. No. Checking in. I'm, I'm no. down here at the practice field. Chad no. Chad Brown. If if I if I'm going to work for the bus, I'm going to be in a in a, in a position where I, my work can be long term and sustained and be part of the situation, not to come in for my own glorification and pleasure. He's just working in the shadows. What's wrong with that? No, he's not working in the shadows. He's he's purposely bringing he he, he has his phone in his pocket at practice, man. Yeah. But he's also got gloves on and cleats on because he's out there showing these kids a thing or two. No, because he's in the Hall of Fame. He's got Stinkin gloves. Hall of Fame. He's got gloves and cleats on because he he can't get away from the fact that he's no longer a player. That's why he had. Oh. A, that's why he had reliving the glory days. He had that, that, that minor league football stunt last year where he scored a an arena league touchdown. That's it's, right. You turned that down. I can't believe you turned this that down. This is a dude who is unable to make amends with the fact that football is done for you as a player. If you're coming out to – if you're 50-plus years old and you're putting on cleats and gloves, what are you doing, man? <laughs> I was also cleaning up training equipment and watching guys. I showed you the blocking drill. He was doing it all. He was right there. I played in, Jer in charity games with Jerry Rice. It's a blast. It is hysterical because Jerry is still walking back to the huddle telling the quarterback how open he is. If Coach Prime asked you whether or not he should get rid of T.O. at practice, what would you tell him? I'd say, yeah, man, I know you're all about distractions up here, but that's one you can eliminate. And if Coach Prime said, okay, if that's the way you want it, Chad Brown, that's fine, but you go take him out, what would you tell T.O.? Hey, hey T.O., we don't need part-time coaches. We don't need 
dudes flying in and flying out. We need sustained, consistent help up here. That's the best way to move this program forward. So let's get you a little place on Pearl Street. You can yes. stay here for the season. If yes. you want to do this every day, fine. But otherwise, get the hell out. Is that what you're going to tell T.O.? Pretty much, yeah. Man, it's a cold world. It's a cold world. I wouldn't get, wouldn't want to get on Chad Brown's bad side. Not at all. <clears throat> I tell the truth. <laughs> we are live here from Training Camp 2023 in the DenverSports.com zone. Thanks to our friends from Con Construction, a commercial general contractor specializing in tenant improvement and design build projects for over three decades. That's Con, K A H N Construction.com. Russell Wilson. What have we figured out about him in a year and a half? That's next.